last week was Easter Sunday, also known as Resurrection Sunday. We had an amazing time here at Ignite. It was a lot of fun. We had uh, well over 10 first-time guests. It was just really, really cool to have uh, new people um, come check out Ignite. And what's really amazing, I think what's the most amazing thing of all, is that someone started their uh, journey with Jesus last week. So somebody gave their life to Christ. And so we are super excited about that. That's awesome because they're part of the family now, and there's this amazing thing that happens when you're part of the family of God. You start to grow, become more like Jesus, and you really do get a family um, at Ignite. And so I want to say uh, we're just really, really excited about that. If you, um, if you grew up going to church, even nominally going to church, um, maybe you, you ask the question like me, okay, so Easter, Jesus raised from the dead, and we're like, yes. And then you go, what happens next? That's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have no idea what happened next, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. What happens next? And so what happened next is that Jesus, after he rose from the dead, um, met with his disciples for the next 40 days. 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, teaching them, encouraging them, admonishing them, instructing them, and really being, they, these guys are being transformed by the message of Jesus. And every day they wake up and they're like, Jesus was dead and he's not dead anymore. This is amazing. And, and they would go and they would hang out with Jesus and he would teach them and instruct them. And then Jesus, on the 40th day, would actually ascend back up into heaven. So he would go back up into heaven. That's what we're going to be talking about today day, kind of went that happen, and Jesus is parting words to his disciples, which then mean to his church, okay? And because he gives us a job. Jesus gives the church a job. He says, but I'm going to go back up to heaven. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go, um, and I'm going to teach you guys, and, but I'm going to give you a message. I'm going to give you a mission. And uh, there was a pastor who lived a long time ago by the name of Charles Spurgeon, and he summed it up this way, and I think this is great. This is kind of our big idea uh, for today. This is it. It is the whole job of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. Okay? It is the whole job of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. Can you guys just read that with me? It is the whole job of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. That is our job, church. We have a job to do. Jesus says, I'm giving you a command, I'm giving you a commission, I'm going to go and I'm going to send you out. And you're like, that sounds scary. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know, well, what about this and what about that? And what, what, you know, what's going to happen to me if I, if I go out and, and, and say things? Will I lose friends over this? Will I lose family over this? Will I lose my job over this? Will I lose my house over this? What, what am I, there's so many things that we can ask and our minds start to swirl about, okay, if this really is the mission of Jesus, this really is what he tells us to do, then, then I need to know some things. I need to figure some things out. And, and, and we, are not, uh, uh, we are not abnormal by asking those things, by the way. The disciples were asking that same thing. Well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, what we don't know and what we do know. So first things we're going to start is we're going to start with what we don't know, what we don't know and what we aren't going to know, okay? So in, that, in the book of Acts, um, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the biographies of Jesus. The next book after John is Acts, and it talks about the Acts of the Apostles, like what happened after Jesus rose from the dead. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 6 today. So if you have a Bible, you can go there. Words are up on the screen as well, too. But this is what we don't know, what we don't know. So when they, that being the disciples of Jesus, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? 
He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. It's not for you to know. Jesus came down and says, I am a king. I'm, I am the king. I am the king of kings. And I'm going to establish my kingdom. And what his disciples were thinking is, is okay, uh, Israel is under Roman control right now. They're part of the Roman Empire. They're really sick and tired of it. They want, they want Israel, the nation, this physical board time to, to raise to prominence. They wanted, they're like, when are you going to restore this, God? When are you gonna, Jesus, when are you going to kick out all the pagans and, and then we're just going to be us again? When are, we, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? When are you going to bring judgment upon our enemies? When are you going to make all the wrongs right? When are you going to do this? When is the kingdom of God going to be fully realized? When is it going to be totally established and there's going to be no, there's going to be no enemies that can stand before the kingdom? When, when is that going to happen? They're like, when's the end coming? When are, when are, when are you coming back? When are, we going to, when are we going to finish this thing? And Jesus' response is, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. It's an interesting, interesting thing because as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we spend a lot of time as the church trying to figure out when the end is coming, okay? A lot of, and now listen, it is good and right to look for and even long for Jesus, okay? And, and the Bible is chock full of signposts and markers about when the end is coming and as things progress towards the end. But here's the thing. There's been a lot of speculation in time about when the end is coming. Um, This is crazy to me. The majority of people in this room won't realize this, but in 1988, um, in 1988, there was a book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Uh, Turns out they're there were good reasons, apparently. Um, I don't know what happened there. But like in like 2015 and 2012 and 2000, uh, you know, like, you know, and then people are like the Mayan calendar is running out. Like, I'm like, so we're, we're, so somebody worshiped a sun god and there's a calendar that, okay, I don't get, that, that, that's the end of the world. Like, all the while, Christians have been trying to figure out when's the end coming, when's the end coming, when's the end coming. And they base their life on trying to figure out when the end is going to happen. And while I said it's, it's good to, to study end times, by the word, the, 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 the nerdy word is eschatology. That's the, the study of end times. So uh, that's just a fun word to say, eschatology, or what's your eschatological stance? I just love saying that. Um, that's the word. It's eschatology. It's about end times. And we go, when's the end coming? When's the end coming? And now while we can look towards the end, we can read the scriptures and figure out how this all happens. By the way, just so you know, spoiler alert, Jesus wins. Um, So often we look at end times and we start thinking that this is what it is. But I could ask you this. What's your motivation? What's your motivation for figuring out why the end or when the end is going to happen? What's, what's, what's motivating you? Because unfortunately, I think a lot of us in the church, we've made this mistake and I've made this mistake as well, is that we've used this to motivate to be right. We just want to be Right? We don't necessarily want to help people. We just want to have that pride of knowing, I called it, right? We had the office pool together about when the end was coming, and I figured it out. You know, right? Like, we, we figured out our eschatological bracket, right? We, we, we've figured it out. 
We've figured it out. And so often we want to know when the end is just so we can say that we were right. And that's a really poor motivation. It leads to pride and arrogance and a lack of love and compassion for people around us. But what if, we, what if it motivated us to examine our own lives? What if, thinking, what if the fact of knowing that Jesus is coming back really helped us evaluate what we're doing with our lives and how we're spending our time? And what are, what are we really, what really matters in life? What's really important? What are the, what are the big things that, I, that, that I'm called to? See, studying the fact, knowing the fact that Jesus is coming back helps us remove distractions, and that's a really wonderful thing. And I hope someday it motivates you to talk to others about Jesus. I hope the fact that you understand that Jesus is coming back and that the kingdom will fully be restored will help us understand that we need to tell others about Jesus. Because the reality is this. When Jesus comes back and the kingdom of God is fully established, all rebellion against that kingdom will be taken out. Like, Jesus will rule and reign in peace, and, want, and, and it's going to be an amazing thing. And anybody who calls upon the name of Jesus will be welcomed into the kingdom and will be forgiven of our sins and will be forgiven of our rebellion. And anybody who insists that they're going to do it their own way are going to stand before God and, and it's going to be judgment. They're going to open up the, the books of your life and just talk about all the times that you've rebelled against God, all the times you've hurt other people, all the times that you've done harm to yourself, all the times that you've uh, just robbed God of his glory as well as hurt his creation and, and hurt uh, people around you. And you're going to have to give an account for that. And we're all guilty. All of us. None of us have any hope in ourselves. And yet Jesus, Jesus goes to the cross for us. This is also a reality. This is the good news of Jesus. The word gospel means good news. The good news is that Jesus went in our place as lawbreakers against God. He went in our place and died for us, gave his life for us. And whoever trusts in him, he rose from the dead and he's active and alive today. And so anybody who puts his trust in him can be adopted into his family. It's a wonderful Thing. And if we know that Jesus is coming back and his kingdom is going to be glorious and his kingdom is going to be good and there's going to be no more tears or crying or pain or death anymore and there's going to be an eternal joy that we share in Jesus, then we want to tell other people that there's a kingdom coming where one day you won't have to worry about being stabbed in the back. There's going to come a day when you don't have to worry about cancer. There's going to be not going to be a worry about losing your job. Or, or there's going to be not be a, a day when we won't worry about anything ever again. We will be with Jesus forever. And that kingdom is coming to be established. And you're like, cool, when is that going to happen? That's exactly what the disciples were asking. And the answer is, you don't get to know. And I don't get to know. In fact, it's not for us to know the times and the seasons that the Father has fixed in place. I'll, you're like, okay, if we don't know when this is going to happen, listen, you don't know when Jesus is coming back, you don't know how long you're going to live, and you don't know how long your friend's family 
coworkers, classmates, neighbors are going to live. You just don't know that. I don't know that. It's not for us to know. But what we do know is that we have a job to do in the time that we're given. And so let's make the most of our opportunities. So what do we know? Jesus actually answers that question for us in Acts 1.8, the next verse. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, you don't know when the end is going to come, but you do know what you're supposed to be doing when the end happens. You don't know when necessarily, although we can look and see and go, okay, it might be getting close. You don't know when, but you know what you're supposed to do. Friends, this is God's will for your life. This is God's will for your life, that you would be his witnesses in your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, Jerusalem was the city they lived in, so you are to be a witness in your city. Judea was the region. You are to be a witness in the region. It was uh, in your Samaria that was close to you in proximity, but different than you culturally. We're supposed to be a witness in those places where things culturally might be different. And we're supposed to be a witness to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth, which everybody knows is Bismarck, right? I mean, we're close. I mean, I mean we're close. Right? So we go, we go, it's our job to be a witness. What does that mean? It means to share the goodness of Jesus. What has God done in your life? What has God done in your life? We talked about that a few weeks ago. The question, what's God done in your life? What has God done in your life? And to bear witness to that, to talk about the goodness of God in your life in the middle of trial, in the middle of pain, in the middle of suffering, to be his witness. And you're like, I don't know if I have the strength to do that. The answer is, Yes and no. You don't have the strength in yourself, but you do have this wonderful peace of God, the Holy Spirit that dwells within every follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will give us power to be a witness. He gives credibility to our witness. Right? So the Holy Spirit is there to make us more like Jesus in the process, so our witness is more credible. He, he gives us conviction. He points out sin in our lives so that we can, so we can confess that to Jesus and have him transform that in us. He gives us comfort. He brings to mem memory things that we've learned. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And he says, you will have power from the Holy Spirit to be a witness wherever you go. And some of us are like, well, I don't know. I, I guess... I don't really feel like I have power from the Holy Spirit. Some of us are in that moment, you're like, I, I've been walking with Jesus for a while, and I said the prayer, and I walked the aisle, and I got baptized, and I did this, and I did that. Like, but I don't really feel God at work in my life. And if you're there today, my question is this. Are you stepping out into the will of God in, for your life? Like, are you being a witness? If you start, like, walking out just going, I want to talk to somebody about Jesus. God, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I, you just kind of put yourself out there, and doors open for you. You pray for that. Go, God, I want to be a witness to your goodness, and just let that happen. 
There's a guy in our church that was at a gas station paying at a gas register, and the clerk goes, hey, you're a dude. I need to talk to you about some things. And she just unloaded about a previous relationship. And she's like, what do I do? That's no joke. That happened a couple weeks ago to one of the guys in our church. You're like, uh, is it really that easy? Sometimes it is. But it's amazing what happens. You just say, God, would you give me an opportunity to be a witness for your goodness to someone else? And who knows where that takes you? That's what we know. This is, this is our will, that we are to be God's light. We are to, this is to be how we live our lives as a witness. So, so the words we speak, but also the way you treat your children, the way that you treat the person at the DMV, the way that you act towards your barista, the way that we conduct ourselves when we're pulled over by the police officer, if that were to ever happen. How we, how we treat our coaches, how we treat our professors, how we treat our teachers, how do we treat our, 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 our teammates? How do we treat the people in our church that don't look like us, act like us, or vote like us? Just gonna let that simmer there for a sec. <laughs> how are we treating each other? Because Jesus says the world will know whether there's disciples by how we love each other. How are we going to take care of each other? And how are we going to? And by the way, it's just as easy to be prideful to look down at somebody whose clothes aren't as nice as yours or, or maybe they have a different skin color, maybe because it's melanin, maybe it's because it's ink. And it's just as easy to get prideful about the person who walks in with a suit and tie and you're like, oh, he looks like he's got it all together. He must be a hypocrite. Well, that's just simply not true. So how are we going to minister to one another, and how are we going to be a witness to the world? At Ignite, our mission statement is to encounter God and impact the world. We really want to make an impact. We want people to come out and bear witness to what God is doing in their life, in our city, in our region, with people who are different than us culturally, and to the ends of the earth. And so I want to share with you today something amazing that, like, I just get chills thinking about this. Because we as Ignite, we take this seriously. And I just want to share with you what's going on with some of the people that call Ignite their church home. So I get to share this with you today, and I'm just super stoked. Um, we have this fund as part of our budget at Ignite called the Impact the World Fund. And if Ignite is your church home, if you, if you come and you're like, this is my church, and you feel called to go out on a missions trip or work with a Christian organization or do something, we have money available. There's a, there's a form that you fill out on Plaid, which is, our, which is our software that we use to connect with one another. Um, there's a form that you can fill out, and we, can, we will give you $250 per person per trip is the, is the plan. You've got to check out, and criteria needs to be met, and all that kind of fun stuff. But, but that, is, that is the fund that we send out, and you're like, what if I go on 15 trips over my life? The answer is, keep filling out that form, because if you want to go out and make an impact, we'll keep investing in you, okay? So uh, with that, um, I'm going to share with you mostly people who are currently from Ignite out on the mission field, out being a witness, um, and, or who will this summer, okay? So we, we're going to start, and we're going to work backwards. We're going to go from ends of the earth 
back to Jerusalem, okay? So ends of the earth. Here's the first slide. These are people out on the ends of the earth. Uh, Matthew Tingblad, up in the corner, part of Ignite for a few years while he was in college, works for Josh McDowell Ministries. I don't know if you know Josh McDowell Ministries or not, but uh, if you send an email question into Josh asking a theological question, there's a good chance that Matthew's going to answer your question. He's that spooky smart. Um, and that's what he does. He helps, he helps Josh answer emails and interacts with people around the world. Nathan Stanell was a part of Ignite Church. He's at a place right now where we can't exactly say where he is. Um, and the reason why we can't is because Christianity not exactly legal where he's at, okay? So for his protection, we're going to let you know that you can pray for him, but we're not going to tell you where exactly he is, okay? Um, under there, the Loomises, same thing. The same thing. Josh and Kayla Loomis are out in a place where we can't exactly tell you where he is. Eric Carlson uh, was part of Ignite. Um, he's in Sweden right now, planting churches, because Sweden is way post-Christian. There's hardly any Christians there. And, and so he's going and wants to do uh, church planting in Sweden. Jacob Minnick is going to the Middle East. Once again, region. We're not going to tell you exactly where he's going. Addison Park is headed down to Puerto Rico um, to do evangelism. Kelsey Schultz is going to Nepal to work with uh, people in human trafficking. Dan and Kari Sinkik are currently in Nepal working with pastors there. And in the bottom corner over there, that's our church plant in Ukraine. That's our, that's our, that's our leadership team uh, at Reconciliation Church. We planted that church in Ukraine uh, last year, and there is uh, a group of four people heading to Ukraine again this summer. So that's the ends of the earth, okay? Now, Samaria, the next one. Um, uh, we have people who work uh, with this. Dan and Kari Sikink, who are in Nepal right now, also work with Master's Hearts Ministries. They work with new Americans and other people of ethnic uh, diversity in our city, um, in Fargo-Moorhead. Here's a little fun fact, um, because I got my degree in sociology, so I love demographics. I, I just geek out on, on demographics. Um, so, uh, but in the years 2011 to 2015, 1,700 people moved to Fargo-Moorhead that were new Americans. Let me say that again. Between the years 2011 and 2015, 1,700 people moved to Fargo-Moorhead that were new Americans. I grew up in Minoman, Minnesota. Minoman is a town of 1,200. So Minoman plus 500 moved to Fargo-Moorhead in the span of four years that were new Americans. 18% of the Fargo-Moorhead's population growth was new Americans. Think about that for a second. Samaria is in your backyard. People different culturally. How are we going to be a witness to that? Um, we have people working in that. We have um, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Mellum is headed to Hope in Alaska. She's going to work with indigenous people up there, but there's also uh, four reservations within two hours of driving of Fargo-Moorhead, so that's a really cool opportunity to do some ministry. And Bridges International is a crew organization, Campus Crusade for Christ, um, and uh, Brad and Megan Song work with Bridges. It's working with international students. So if you want to touch base with international students and bring the message of Jesus, there's opportunities all around us. That's what's happening. And people from Ignite going out and ministering in our Samaria. We have a couple in our church that have had people in their home for dinner from 18 different countries and never had to leave their house. That's Fargo-Moorhead. Our Judea, our region... Our region, Brandon Smith, is with Ambassadors for Christ International. 
Uh, Brandon is a traveling itinerant evangelist, does a lot of work in our region, speaking at churches, as well as he was just up recently in um, Carrington, North Dakota, and spoke at a school assembly up there as well. Um, at Ignite Church, people drive from as far north as Hendrum and as far south as Barnesville to drive into Ignite. And east and west, they drive as far west from Enderlin to Hawley. Okay, that's our region. That's, we have people who drive 45 miles from every direction. It's an incredible thing what God is doing here. How many people are in that area? And the answer is a whole bunch. And how many people don't know Jesus? A whole bunch, okay? That's why we're gonna be planting Harvest Plains Church in Castleton, North Dakota this fall. Castleton, I almost said that kind of weird, Castleton. We're gonna be in Castleton. Harvest Plains Church starts in Castleton this fall. We're planting a church in our region so that we can continue to bring the message of Jesus to our region. Eli Malunga and Seth Creer are headed to Worldview Academy. Uh, that's gonna be down in Minneapolis this summer. They're heading out. Uh, they're gonna learn about worldviews, but then they're gonna go out into Minneapolis and St. Paul and talk to people on the street about Christian worldview and apologetics and talk about evangelism and, and all these different things. These are teenagers going out and sharing the good news of Jesus with people in the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. In our Jerusalem, um, in our next slide, we have uh, people who work with crew. Uh, we, have, we have people who um, are like Thaddeus Owen, one of the guys in our church. He, he works with college students, but he's also heading over to New Jersey this summer because if anybody needs Jesus, it's New Jersey. Um, <laughs> is that on the line? Am I bad? They need Jesus, we need Jesus. Okay, um, we did our For Our City initiative, which you saw the video before uh, we came. And all of us, this is our opportunity. If you're like, I'm not called to go anywhere else. Well, guess what? You're called to your neighborhood. This is all of us. This is our job. It is the whole job of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. And the whole world includes your neighborhood. And I wanna share with you guys a tool that we have at Ignite um, that, we, that we use. It's called Bless Every Home. Bless every home. Um, what this is, is it's, it's, a, it's a, a wonderful thing you can subscribe to. Actually, you can get it through our app. You can just go on and log in through our app. And then you sign up to be a light in your community. A light in your community. And what happens is, is, is right over here, they give you your neighborhood and then a list of homes around it. And it'll give you the name, and then you get to pray for your, you get to pray for your, home, your, your neighborhood. And you can walk down the street and do prayer walks, and you get to know the names of the people. And then it, it allows you to say, I'm either praying for this person, I did a service project with this person, I taught them about Jesus, or I'm discipling this person. Like, there's all different ways you can keep track of what's going on in your neighborhood so that you can remember the names of your neighbors. You ever, you ever forget your name of your neighbor? After like three times, you've already asked them three times? And so you only tell them the only name that you do remember, which is Guy, or Buddy, or Hey, or my favorite, Hey. If you just mumble enough, they think you're saying your name. Life hack. Um, but this way you get to remember their names and you get to pray for them. Guys, this is what's happening in our church. Right now, this is what's happening in our church. We have people at the ends of the earth. We have people in our region doing work. We have people in our Samaria doing work. We have people in our city doing this work. And I just am so excited to be a part of it. It's an amazing thing to know that, that, that the church at Ignite is taking the commission seriously. 
to take the job of Jesus seriously. He says, when you're gonna be my witnesses, people go, yeah, that really, we really mean that. When we say encounter God, impact the world, we really mean that. How many missionaries do we have in our high schools? How many missionaries do we have on our campuses? How many missionaries do we have in your neighborhoods? The answer is you. To be able to go out and minister to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your classmates, to your professors, to be a witness. This is the mission. And then after that, in verses nine through 11, it says this. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and and a cloud took him out of sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And he said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He says, the mission begins. You're gonna be my my witnesses. And then he goes up into heaven. And all the disciples go, okay, I've never seen that one before. That's, he's good. He's really good. And while they're looking and he's going out of sight, there's two guys, angels in white robes, go go up and go, hey, why are you looking up there? He told you to look out there. He's coming back. Be ready. But right now we have work to do. Not work in our own power, Holy Spirit power, but work nonetheless. Because guys, it is the whole job of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. That each one of us is to reach one. Each one of us is to reach someone else for the message of Jesus. That would each one reach one. And so uh, today, in your cup holders in front of you, I love saying that at my church, in your cup holders, <laughs> in front of you is this card. And the cards, I believe God is calling me to something. And maybe God is stirring something in your heart or in your mind today. And so I would say this, if God is calling you to do something, respond to that. And maybe I believe God is calling me to intercede in prayer. That means to step into the place of others, like to, to pray fervently for others. Listen, we have people in dangerous parts of the world right now. Um, they need people who will pray for them. And if you want to be that prayer warrior, please check that on your card. If you're like, I want to help fund missions, like I might not be able to go because of different things, but I might be able to give money towards these causes. I might be able to help fund these missions. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to give $10,000, although you could if you wanted to. But even if it's $10 or $5, go, I want to give this to that. Like, no, no money is wasted in the kingdom of God. And everything is appreciated. And maybe you want to be a part of helping fund these missions. Maybe it's to go short term. Maybe you're like, you know what? I need to take some vacation, and I need to spend some of my time going out and helping others. Maybe you're called to go short term. Or maybe you're called to go long term. Guys, there's a lot of people here today, and I'm confident of this, that there's somebody in here today that should go out into the mission field long-term, like as your life's calling. I know there's somebody in here who has that calling on their life. And if that's you today, or short-term, or giving, or praying, if that's you, I want you to put down your card, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that card home. I want you to take that card home, and I want you to put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror, put it somewhere. Put it on your windshield. Don't do that. Don't do that. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it. 
And if God's calling you to do one of these things, I would ask you this. There's an email address on the bottom. Would you email us who you are and your decision? Because we want to help you take your next step. We want to give you the names of people to pray for. We want to give you opportunities to give. We want to give you opportunities to go. And we want to give you opportunities to go long term. Because if God is stirring in your heart and wants you to do this, then we want to help you. We want to invest in you because it's about encountering God and impacting the world. Guys, this is incredible. This is what we get to do. And people before us have taken this seriously. And the only way that you know about Jesus is because people answer the call. And now, guys, it's our turn. It's our turn to be the church, to reach the next people with the message of Jesus. Let's pray.